the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We have a contrast today in the scriptures that are in front of us. In the Old Testament, we have the story about how sin and death came into the world. It's a story about the original human beings. It's not a, it's not a, a, a story about paleontology or, uh, or biology in that sense. It's a story about the, uh, the mystery of the human heart and the, the mystery of the power of evil in human life. The story about how sin and death and uh, a particular um, content is being given to the term death here. It's more than just biological mortality. Sin and death. What is sin? What's this relationship with death? They come into the world through the disobedience. Um, obedience is a word, the Latin root of it is to hear. And so disobedience is to cease to hear. Jesus says, um, in, 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 the, in the hearing that is obedience, the, the profound obedience that the Bible speaks of, is, is obedience, is hearing that leads to a particular way of life, that leads to a particular set of actions. Jesus says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? So, obedience, hearing, disobedience, deafness. It's not an accident when Jesus comes, he gives hearing to the deaf. He's come to give us the ability to hear, hear once again the word of God, to see once again who God is and who we are in relationship to God. And he will blame, too, because to be deaf to God, and to not see who God is, and not see who we are in relationship to God, means that we're going to be limited through life. So he's come to get my fear. Blind might see. The lame might run. So it tells the story about how, how sin, disobedience, and Paul, St. Paul tells us the wages of sin is death. How all of that comes into the world. And then it tells us the remedy about the one who is life. Who has come that we should not, that we should have life and that abundance, that we should not die, but live. And then St. Paul has a profound uh, meditation on the contrast between these two, these two human beings, the first human beings and, and the, 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 the first, uh, the first man and the, and the second man, the first human being and the, and the, and the recreation of the human race in Jesus Christ and the world. So what is the story telling us? The story is the story is telling us that is that is is that we we've been made good by a good God. We're made in the image of God. It tells us that it takes, by the way, the man and the woman to image to carry the divine image. Everything in the Book of Genesis is good until God sees that the man is by himself and He says that's not good. There's the pair, right? There's something about this. It takes a human community in which there are differences. It takes a human community to image the divine image, to carry the divine image. And they've been given, uh, the, the, the original human beings, we have been given in them, we have been given a meaning and a purpose for our life. To have a, to have, to have a, a meaning is to have purpose. And there are many things that give, make life meaningful. There are many things that make life, life purposeful. But they will all pass away. There's only one thing that makes life ultimately 
meaningful and ultimately purposeful. And that is to have the meaning that God gives us. And the meaning, the meaning and the purpose that God gives us, his, his purpose for us is that we should know him, love him, worship him, and enjoy him forever. They were made to have hands that go up to God in praise and adoration and that go out to each other in love and service. They were made to bless the creation, to praise the name of God, and to, um, to be stewards of the good creation and to be the priests of the creation and to bless the whole creation in the name of God. And then this mysterious figure appears. And it's very interesting to me when the church forgets about this mysterious figure, the tempter, the liar, uh, the deceiver, Satan, when, when the church becomes somewhat disinterested in him, uh, the popular culture will become fascinating and, uh, and bring us back to the contemplation of that figure. It's a very important figure, the figure of Satan, because it tells us that evil, it tells us something about the mystery of evil, that e- the mystery of evil doesn't come from within the human heart. It doesn't start with us. It comes to us. And it comes to us with a, uh, an uncanny and enchanting power. And, uh, and the voice of the tempter, the voice of the evil one, uh, mimics the voice of God. And the voice of the tempter says, did God really say? And the voice of the tempter beseeches us not to listen to the Father, but to listen to him. And what does the tempter say? This is a, this is a, this is a temptation that's very familiar in our time. You can be as gods. You can be as gods. You can, you can, you can, uh, make your own rules. You can do your own thing. You can, uh, uh have absolute independence. This is a bit of a modern dream, isn't it? To be absolutely independent, to have no constraint. This isn't, this is not what we think freedom is. To not be bound by any obligations. And certainly not to be bound to God. Marx, uh, Karl Marx said that if a man is dependent, he's not free. And so if there is a God, then man is radically not free. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, the French philosopher said, uh, if there's a God, then I'm not free. You may have heard the new atheist Christopher Hitchens said something of the same, same thing. And so they stop listening to God. And, and instead of arms that go up in praise and adoration, uh, and arms that go out in love and service, they turn away from God. Inevitably, when we turn away from God, we turn on each other. This is the source of violence. And we turn it upon ourselves. And St. Augustine describes sin as the human person in curvatus and say the human person curved in upon him or herself. And um, so the wages of sin is death. Sin in the Bible before it's any particular misdeed before when it, before it's any deed of violence or avarice or greed or lust or anger, before it's anything like that, it's a posture. 
It's an orientation of the heart. It's an orientation of the whole human person. It's the disobedient, the non-hearing person. The person that is turned away from God. Inevitably turned upon each other and turned in upon ourselves. And, And from this posture of sin, evil thoughts, evil deeds emerge. And we become more and more enchanted by the voice of the deceiver. And St. Paul says, and the wages of sin is, is, is death. Now, here's something in the Bible. Um, we're made for eternal life. We're made for eternal fellowship with God. We're made to have life, abundant life. But the life that we have is God's gift to us. God breathes this life into the original human beings in the garden. Now, we talk about being inspired. Life comes from God, and being cut off from God, having lost our fellowship with God, is, uh, is to be dead. And uh, we can have bios, right, which is biological life, but not have zoe, which is the life, which is life with God. I think that uh, the popular culture recognizes this, you know, that you can have life but not have life. You can have life but die, you know. Um, uh, there are three things in the popular culture that speak to me about this. One is the is, is, is goth culture, if you know what, what that is, and then zombies and vampires. Uh, I, for many years, I had a parish in a very affluent uh, community. And I won't give the location in order to protect the guilty. And uh, but it was it was that that county had the highest per capita household income of any county in the United States. And in the high school, in that, which was highly rated in the high school of that, of that town, uh, goth culture was very, very popular. And a lot of the kids would dress up all in black. You've seen this, right? And they wear a particular kind of makeup, which I've seen in the course of my work in the funeral home. And I think, what were they saying, these young people? They were saying, they're telling us that we're really living. You're telling us we're really living and we're dying. Um, this, the zombie craze kind of comes and goes. There hasn't been a zombie movie lately, I don't think, has there? But there, were, there was a stream of them. And I think if you go into Barnes & Noble, you can find a whole section of, like, zombie books, you know, where they take the great classics and they redo them as zombie, as zombie books, right? And what are the zombies? Frantically active, but dead, and spreading death wherever they go. And then vampires. Well, vampires, they, 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 uh, they have no life of themselves. They have to get the life from somewhere else. And they, too, are spreading death wherever they go. Uh, I don't think it's difficult for us to understand what the Bible is saying to us when it's saying to us that you can be alive and be dying. And the true life is to hear and receive and obey the word of God. And how are we to um, free ourselves from this enchantment of sin and death? Well, what does Martin Luther say? He says, we're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. And here we see him 
and he's, he's working the curse backwards. And uh, uh, it's, it's fascinating to me that the way that he works the curse backwards, the way that he undoes what Adam does, is that he, 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 he hears, he, he has, he is, of course, the living word of God, but he gives the words of God, and the words of God defeat the, the devil. Here we have the story of the one who is the remedy for sin and death. The one who says, I've come that they might have life and have that abundantly. The one who says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. God so loves the world that he gives his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this life is God's gift to us. And, it, and, it, and, it, and we receive it by, by repentance, which means to turn, turn around and turn, turn away from the way of death and towards the way of life, and, to, and to, to use the normal means of grace, to immerse ourselves in the scriptures, in the sacraments, in the fellowship of the Spirit, to walk in the good works that God gives us um, to do. Lent is a time when uh, we ponder the shortness of biological life so that we might become more alive to the life eternal. And uh, we, 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 we go and find him and walk with him as he walks towards his death by which he brings life to us. So that um, as we're there on Good Friday, we might be there also when he comes forth from the grave and breathes into his disciple as God breathed into Adam and Eve at the beginning of all things, the new life of the resurrection. So our prayer during Lent is, Lord, um, the prayer, uh, I think it's Philip, isn't it? Uh, Everybody is, is abandoning Jesus. And he says to them, are you going to leave me also? And Philip, I think it is, says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. So let us uh, let's listen. Let us obey. Let us live. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.